hello again, folks, and welcome to the fourth ever episode of Season 10. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And every week we write an episode of the hypothetical Season 10 of Seinfeld. No, we don't do whole scripts because we have day jobs, but we write the plot synopsis and uh, we also write in some new secondary characters and bring in some old ones. That's right. In case this is your first listening uh, of... First listen? First listen Whatever, of yeah. Season 10. Yes. Uh, this is a hypothetical season 10 set in 2018, soon to be 2019, mm-hmm. uh, set 20 years after the end of season 9, the official run of Seinfeld. Uh, and if you want to go back and listen to the prologue, which is episode zero, it's like a prequel, um, it fills in the 20 years between 98 and now. That's right, yes. And uh, this week it is episode four, and the title for this one is called The $1.75. That's right. Uh, today's main cast, Jerry Seinfeld as Jerry, Julia, Julia Louis-Dreyfus plays Elaine, Jason Alexander is George, Michael Richards is Kramer, uh, Patrick Warburton makes his second appearance in the season as Putty, um, special guest Anthony Mackey, he plays uh, Dennis, who's George's inmate from prison, and uh, Benjamin Haig uh, makes a second appearance as Brandon, Elaine and Putty's son. Awesome. Yes, and uh, the brief synopsis of this episode. Yes, so uh, George runs into an old inmate prison. Uh, sorry, an old inmate prison? Old prison an inmate. An old <laughs> prison inmate. <laughs> yes. Claiming that, uh, claiming that uh, they still owe George $1.75 that he lent him in jail. Uh, Jerry uses George's situation as a skit for his comedy show. Elaine and Putty take Brandon to the zoo, and Kramer has a go at binge-watching a crime drama for an entire day. Yes, very similar to when George was watching Making a Murderer and getting into it. Mm. Kramer has a crack at a... uh, Well, it's actually a fictional show. Right. We made it up, of course. Yep. Anyway, so scene one of the main synopsis. Elaine, Putty, and Brandon are at the Central Park Zoo, and while most kids there are enjoying looking at the animals, Brandon is taunting them and poking at the animal enclosures. Brandon, stop that. Yeah, come on, little guy. You don't want to be left here with the other monkeys, do you? Brandon says sorry and continues to enjoy his ice cream while running around making animal noises. (laughs) Which frustrate the other guests. Elaine is embarrassed while Putty looks indifferent. He's just a kid, babe. And? Nothing, that's it. (laughs) They sit on a bench and talk about their reunion when Putty gets an urgent call. Gotta go, babe. Urgent board meeting. David, this is the day that we're meant to spend time together. Not go to pointless meetings. It's not pointless. It's urgent. Elaine sighs and says that she's disappointed that David has put his business ahead of his family on their special day out. He seems indifferent about it and walks off. Elaine pulls out her phone when Brandon's ice cream hits her on the side of the head. (laughs) Next scene. Meanwhile, at Monk's, Jerry hangs up after a call and tells George some exciting news. You wouldn't believe who I just got off the phone to. Who? NBC. They want to do another show. George is bewildered, and he says that there's no way Jerry will ever see the same success as he did for Jerry. He says, impossible. Can't be done. Jerry clarifies that it's not a new show as such. Rather that he's been, inv- rather that he's been invited to appear in intro segments for a new Throwback Thursday lineup, where they play classic episodes of Jerry, as well as other shows. Is there any way I can help write the intros, George says? (laughs) What's there to write? Hi, I'm Jerry Seinfeld, and here's a classic episode about being the master of your domain, the competition. I don't think so. (laughs) George asks Jerry to keep him in mind in case some of the other writers happen to withdraw. Uh, And he laughs at George. And sorry, and Jerry laughs at George uh, and sarcastically says that he'll see what he can do. 
George's gaze uh, turns into a well-dressed man who walks into Monk's, telling Jerry that he looks very familiar. He's stunned when he remembers who he is. Oh, my God. That's Dennis Johnson from jail. Remember him? Ah, yeah. The one who'd replace your toothpaste with super glue if you didn't get him cigarettes. Yeah, I remember him. George rolls his eyes, and he says that Dennis still owes him $1.75 plus interest and inflation that he, uh, for when he borrowed uh, a Twix bar in jail in 1998. Jerry tells him to let it go as it's only $1.75, and he lent it to him over 20 years ago, but George doesn't relent. I must get that money back, Jerry. That's about $4.20 in today's money. I could buy two king-size Twix for that. I can't let him get away with it. I must get it back. Jerry wishes him all the best and says that he will start writing George's eulogy. <laughs> in the next scene, uh, Kramer is on Jerry's couch in his upstate New York mansion, Jerry's uh, mansion, yep. or house, uh, browsing through Netflix for a show to watch. His eyes light up when he sees a new crime drama. Oh, oh. This is you? You're Kramer, aren't you? It is. Ah, yep. sorry. You're right. Yes. Oh, New York Investigations, a drama about NYC's grittiest crimes. The lives of three detectives and their personal struggles while trying to solve their cases. Giddy up. He tweets about discovering the series, and he hits play on season one, episode one, and starts watching it while eating popcorn and drinking soda. Next scene. George walks over, this is back in Monks, and says hi to Dennis, again played by Anthony Mackie who instantly recognises him. But he has a very calming, almost zen-like demeanour. He tells George that he's reformed after leaving jail in 2009 and that he has his own successful consulting firm. He asks George what, is he, what he's doing these days and uh, he tells Dennis that he's an architect. Oh, which firm? Art Vandelay Industries. They're a small firm downtown. I'll have to check them out on LinkedIn when I get the chance. Well... They're so small that they don't even have a LinkedIn page. It's strange, I know, but you won't find them. As uh, Dennis hands him a business card, George immediately asks for $1.75 back, plus interest and inflation. And Dennis, <laughs> and Dennis laughs and tells him that it was such a small amount of money. And to forget about it, George doesn't back down. And he says that the world needs... Fairness. world needs fairness and for everyone to pay back what they owe. <laughs> Dennis's demeanor changes when he stares at George and angrily tells him to stop asking for it. George backs down and Dennis grabs his coffee and leaves in a huff, reminding George about brushing his teeth with superglue in jail. George looks at the business card again and is determined to get the money back at all costs. Jerry says to himself, this is going to be fun. (laughs) Next scene, Elaine and Brandon are driving home from the zoo and she tells Jerry on the phone about what Putty did while Jerry tells her about the NBC special. He also tells her about George's dilemma, and Elaine laughs at how silly it is to pursue $1.75 from over 20 years ago. Mummy, I want a Twix. Not now, honey. I see Brandon is on his best behaviour. Elaine tells him that he doesn't know the half of it, and she says that Brandon ended up in one of the monkey enclosures before the zookeeper got him out. (laughs) The Central Park Zoo is now another place that the putty Bennis clan can no longer attend. Brandon sneezes on the back of the passenger seat without covering his nose, and Elaine sighs and keeps driving. They hang up. Jerry's in the apartment writing new material for a show later that night when he decides to write George's story in as one of his bits. Next scene. Kramer is eight episodes into the show, and by this stage he has several empty bags of popcorn and cans of soda strewn around him while he's tweeting away watching it. 
Kramer reads on and on and on about how riveting it is, riveting it is, and he texts Jerry to let him know about it. He receives an email from a courier informing him that his package is due to arrive at his place today, and he has to sign for it. Kramer acknowledges this and continues watching the show. Meanwhile, George walks into Dennis's firm and asks the receptionist if he's available as he is an old friend. The receptionist rings Dennis's personal assistant and says that George is welcome to come in. He enters his office and tries to smooth things over. Dennis forgives him and says that they should have dinner sometime when George notices him opening up a Twix bar. <laughs> Dennis says that he loves them and George becomes furious and once again demands the $1.75 plus interest and inflation. This time with more aggression. Dennis tells him that he'll never get the money back and to remember who was in charge when they were in jail. <laughs> George is scared by this point but still refuses to back down and Dennis asks him to leave quietly or there will be consequences. George leaves the office in a huff and exclaims that there's no justice in the world. <laughs> Later that evening, Jerry is performing at a set, a set at a downtown comedy club and he starts talking about the Twix situation live on set so my friend in this is very tight with his money and the other day at the coffee shop he confronts this old friend of his from jail about owing him one dollar fifty uh, sorry one dollar seventy five <laughs> that's the episode name <laughs> that's true for a twix bar from 20 years ago and the guy asks and the guy thinks that he doesn't know him i mean what's one dollar seventy five these days three dollars what are you going to buy with three dollars these days you'd be lucky to get a mini-sized chocolate bar at a convenience store for that but I guess $1.75 in prison is probably like $20 on the outside world. So it makes sense for him to chase uh, to chase him down for it. I should have the music like underneath it. Yeah. Kind of like one of his opening sketches. Yeah, do that in post-production. <laughs> but don't edit this bit out. No. To show how unprofessional we are. Indeed. Dennis is seen at the back... Uh, Dennis is seen in the back furious about the skit and he texts George to supposedly make up for what happened. And he asks him for his address so they can chat with the actual intention of wanting to beat him up. <laughs> He's angry. He's humiliated. <laughs> yes. The scene cuts to George, who realises that he probably has bad intentions based on the passive-aggressive wording of his text. <laughs> so he replies back to Dennis with Jerry's address. Oh, God. Derry has a huge sinister grin on his face. And Dennis says, All this for a dollar seventy-five. Hope it was worth it, Georgie boy. <laughs> Kramer has fallen asleep while binge-watching his show. The courier is ringing the doorbell, but there's no answer. He decides to leave the package at the front door in frustration. Ah, the courier says. He does this all the time. He drops the flimsy box when it tears open from hitting the ground. The courier then walks off. It's revealed that the package is full of several large boxes of king-sized Twix bars. <laughs> Back at Jerry's apartment, George is freaking out about Dennis wanting to get him. And Elaine and Jerry... Uh, agree that messing around with the with the wrong people in jail is a bad idea. I made sure that I didn't owe any money, uh, anyone any favors or money, and vice versa before we were released. Elaine says. Jerry says neither did I. There had to be a clean slate once we were freed. Yep, a clean slate. George complains once again about the lack of justice in the world, and if one person cannot pay back the one dollar seventy five that they owe, what hope does the rest of society have? The other two laugh at him, and we're laughing too. <laughs> Jerry shrugs off George's concerns about Dennis Dennis's text message as a possible misunderstanding. George says, I felt his wrath in the message, Jerry. There was no polite let's meet up request. It was where do you live so I can break your kneecaps with a golf club. George accidentally let slip about giving Dennis Jerry's address. And Jerry's worried that something could happen to his property or belongings. Your house is a fortress. 
What, uh, what could he possibly take from here? In the final scene of this episode, Dennis walks up to Jerry's front door and rings the bell. No one answers as Kramer is still asleep while New York Investigations is playing. He shakes his head and notices what's in the torn parcel to his left. He smiles when he sees the unopened boxes of king-sized Twix, and he decides to take them all. Dennis smiles and says, Now we're even, Georgie boy. He opens up one of the boxes and starts eating a Twix as he runs off. Kramer wakes up abruptly and complains about missing several episodes of the show. He thinks about whether to go back and watch those episodes or not, and after a few seconds, he remembers his courier email, Oh, that's right, my package! and decides to head to the front door to grab his now-stolen parcel of Twix. Down to down to down down to down to down down, and that's episode four. That's one dollar seventy-five. One dollar, one dollar fifty, one dollar sixty, one dollar seventy-five. Thirty cents, whatever. That's right. Yes, the $1.75. Yes, so that is episode four of season ten. If you like what you hear, let us know. If you have any comments, feedback, and and please remember, please be gentle to us. You know, we're we're just doing this as a part-time thing. So, I would write a whole script full-time, paid if I could, but unfortunately not. Bidwabas podcast at gmail.com if you want to get in touch, and uh, be sure to listen to our other podcast. But I don't want to be a secondary character. That's right. Uh, you can listen on any podcast service. Uh, rate us, review us. That would be amazing. Uh, we will be back soon for another season ten episode. We will. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. See you for season ten, and also for Bidwabask. Bye. <laughs>